Derek Turner. Jason brother. Clark. Jason L. L. Clark. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know what the L is for. <laughs> well, it's my namesake. Yep. That's hundred percent. Love your dad. Lloyd is making a comeback. It's, it's, uh, I, I've always Lloyd said that. Lloyd and Lloyd, no longer null and void. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little movie reference there. <laughs> In the intensity of my life, I don't know what you're. I've never heard that. It's okay. It's an '80s thing. I, I'll fill you in later. Um, but yeah, hey. Good to see you. We've got a, a great interview today. Um, yeah. We got Jared Scholes on. Yes. S H S C H O L Z Scholes. Yes. And uh, you you edited his book, Jason. I did er, earlier this year. I did. That's how I met how I met him, and how we connected, got to know each other. I helped him edit his book, uh, Sandbox to Museum. I think you got it there. Yeah which is what we talked about today. It's coming out November 14th. It, it dives into uh, deconstruction within the church. Jared's a pastor. Right. And uh, we had a great conversation today. You know, one thing I love about this guy is he's a church guy. Um, yeah. And not just a church structure guy, but the church that Jesus built <laughs> guy. The yeah. one that the gates of hell won't, won't prevail against. That um, he... <laughs> He believes in this plan A of God's. You know, God has yeah. has a plan A. It's the church, and He doesn't have a plan B. And yeah. but church might look different than what we've been used to. And uh, I, th I really appreciate His heart. Uh, I, I enjoyed this conversation so yeah. much. And yeah, I'm looking we forward to future conversations with Jared. Yeah, we dove into uh, plan A. Um, our the, the, God's uh, love for the church and the fact that it that it can happen with two thousand people or five people in your in your living room, and then Jared breaks down uh, his his story and and uh, how he's had to uh, pastor in the context of this deconstruction movement. I know the book came out of uh, a series he did in his church where he was endeavoring to help folks find grace and understanding uh, in a lot of yeah, things. It, I'm, I'm going to just say that I think prophetically this conversation is one that's going to multiply all, especially, especially in the Western church. Yeah. That there's going to be pastors that are going to begin to start rethinking God and man, they're going to just start jumping into that. Jesus is perfect theology mindset. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and wherever they are on their own personal journey, that's that's a good sign. That's a sign yeah. that you can allow doubt into the conversation, and you don't have to feel the pressure to be certain about everything. Yeah. And, and we yeah. definitely get that kind of humility from Jared. Definitely, yeah. I love that about him. Yeah, and I think you just encapsulated the conversation. You know, he writes a book that recognizes doubt and understands that faith is, is is discovered in that context and uh and so i'm grateful for him i, I love conversing with him he's a he's a great writer uh he's an artist uh, you know he actually didn't talk about it but he comes from a musical background does talk a little bit of uh, tell you kind of pick up that on a story but um and so uh just a, a lovely guy to talk to and i i'm looking forward to many many more conversations yeah, I think yeah. our uh, our tacos community is going to enjoy this conversation, uh, especially the part about you know the blanket statement of having been hurt by quote the church. Yeah. Well, maybe it was people. 
within that church context. Yeah. Um, yeah. The church is still something that Jesus is calling his bride. And so uh, we want to aspire to be transformed to become the kind of church that Jesus uh, died for and established. And, uh, and Jared, Jared hits on that. Uh, that's, I think that's probably what I love about him most because yeah. I'm yeah. in the same boat. I'm a pastor. Yeah. I lead a church. I've been through, I've been through 20 different iterations of Derek in that process. <laughs> and yet people still stay connected in our growth in this thing called, you know, um, becoming like Jesus. So yeah. 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 I, I love this guy. I love him too. And in that, in that uh, vein, one of these days I'm going to memorize it. I've edited enough. River Charlotte. <laughs> oh, the church website? Yeah. RiverCharlotte.com. RiverCharlotte.com. Yeah. RiverCharlotte.com is where you would find us on Saturday nights where Derek pastors uh, doing local church. Uh, you can sign up for our mailing list at a family story family that keeps you up with zoom calls that we're having uh, and also you can sign up on our facebook rethinking god with tacos group we have an instagram now rethinking god with tacos. it just got released today yesterday yes. yesterday uh, why did Madeline? you use a picture of me why i mean <laughs> why am i the first thing people see and then, and then apparently today or tomorrow, my picture will go up. Maddie uh, is on Instagram. We're leaving uh, all creative authority over to her, which is great. Over to Madeline. That's it. so great. She's putting <laughs> memes together, connecting folks. You can find us there. Thankful to Brooke uh, also, who is uh, over our Zooms and helping us organize it uh, on the Facebook. Um, yeah. We're, we're just loving the team is growing. It is. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, and the tacos facebook page is growing and uh, yeah. we really those of you who listen faithfully to the podcast uh, and that are connected with the facebook group feel free to invite friends that you think would enjoy the conversations that we're having over there we've yeah. definitely created a culture of kindness and yeah. um and we also have uh have opportunities over there and on a family story for people to give uh which yeah. we invite people to partner with us if you believe in what we're doing uh, you believe in, in Jason and a family story. Um, this is his, his, uh, ministry. And, uh, you know, I'll just go, go ahead and say, since I'm, I'm in it too, uh, yeah. Yeah, River Church, we're, we're helping support Jason on a monthly basis and, uh, and happy and proud to do it. But, um, we invite you to pray and seek God about, um, some generosity toward, keeping this podcast really growing and going and uh helping us do more of what we're doing which is uh yeah. talking about jesus as perfect theology yeah i love doing it i love doing it with you i love um the community that's growing around it uh and all of the amazing folks that are participating and um helping create a culture of kindness um, it's just a beautiful thing so and so many taco memes i mean taco <laughs> memes for days <laughs> now you got somewhere to put them. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Love you, man. Uh, this is a Love good conversation. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jared Scholes. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. 
no fear in love. There's no fear in love. It's all love here, bro. It's all love. Trust me. Enough to be scared and excited. That's how you know that you're that you're on the right path, right there. We have a saying at our house: "Scary is fun." And my wife, um, my wife always says, "Sometimes she throws sometimes." <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes scary is fun. Sometimes scary is just dumb. But uh, hey, man, uh, we've been chatting. I hit record. Uh, right. Excited to introduce uh, our rethinking uh, audience uh, to my friend Jared. I, I, I want to say Shoals. It's good. That'll work. And we've had That's this cool. conversation. I know I've asked you that a couple times uh, over the last <laughs> year, but want to make sure I get it. Uh, people right. want to throw a T in there, don't they, Jared? Oh, they 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 love the U's, they love the T's, you know. Don't let them throw that T in, man. That, that's a shoals <laughs> all the way. <laughs> I get no royalties from the foot doctor, so I'm still waiting for that to happen. Okay, okay. I like that. That's good. I don't get any. I don't get any royalties for the Clark Bar either, man. So I get it. Mm, so. mm -hmm. uh, Ted Turner, come on. Where's mine? Come on, right. Want those but, CNN uh, royalties? Hey, I met Jared. Uh, has it been a year, man? Have you been working? Yeah. Probably the beginning of this year, 2023. So we're getting yeah uh, into that year, mm -hmm. January. Yeah, we yeah. Um, connected around your first book, man. Congratulations, and I helped you edit yeah. it, and that's how we met. Mm -hmm. And it happened to be on a subject that is near and dear to our heart, Derek's and mine, and yours. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, a help to the church around the the language, putting language around and understanding around deconstruction and reconstruction. And you're a mm -hmm. pastor, and man, we hit it off. You're a musician. You're sitting in front of uh, guitars. We had a lot of conversation about uh, our past. A lot of connections there. <laughs> uh, you're in. Are you at? Is it you at the church office or is that home? Uh, church office. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and man, we hit it off. Uh, I dove into mm -hmm. the book. The book is Sandbox to Museum. We're going to talk about it a little bit. But brother, introduce yourself um, uh, to the audience. Yeah, awesome. Well, first off, thanks for having me on. I know it takes a lot of trust. And so uh, uh, I'll say, Jason, thank you. And Derek, it takes even more trust because we're just meeting each other. So <laughs> thanks for that. Hey. Uh, it's, yeah. it's an honor. It's a privilege. So thanks so much for that. Yeah, my name is Jared. And um I currently am in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, home of the KU Jayhawks, and uh, uh -huh. I think at my core, I'm uh, I'm a creative, you know? I like to create stuff, so uh, we flip houses, and we make music, and I guess we write books now, and pastor a church, <laughs> and do all sorts of stuff, so um, so yeah, that's, that's what I tend to find myself doing when I try and do other things. I tend to start creating things. Um, so I think in my core, that's that's sort of what I'm gifted to do, I guess. And uh, yeah, um, I've got five kids and been married 24 say, years. Kids. Yeah, huh? so our oldest just came out sort of by you guys. I mean, when you're in Kansas, you know, anything is, is closer to something. You know, when you're talking to someone, you're like, they're definitely closer to you because we're way out here. But uh, she's in uh, Charleston, so. She's there okay. for a year yeah. uh, doing some stuff there. So uh, I think we might have drove past you guys at some point on the way back. So um, so that's anyhow, cool. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's what we're doing here. Uh, honestly, in some church. of the – Yeah, yeah. So our church is called Greenhouse Church, and uh, we planted it 
in 2012, and um, we planted, helped plant a different church um, in 2002, and so about 10 years later, and uh, really sort of in that transition period is when my life got um, fuller, richer, more complex, and uh, a tad bit less secure, <laughs> uh, in that some books happened to me, and I think the the core thing that shifted in me was uh, I realized that so much of the curriculum of Jesus was hinging upon us helping other people follow Jesus in real time. And so it started yeah. to put some language to why when my faith is all about me, it still feels empty, even though it's so great. I mean, it's so amazing. It's so, right. you know, me and God, this is incredible, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, why it still sort of had uh, a hollow sound. And so that really sent us into a tailspin of um, we're planting a new church, but what's it going to look like? And so yeah. uh, the first six years, um, we had all of our uh, what we would call neighborhood churches uh, meeting in homes on Sunday mornings. Uh, half of them would do that, and then the other half would meet in more of sort of a traditional singing and preaching kids ministry type thing. And then the next week they would rotate. And so we kind of planted cool. two churches at the same time, uh, which I would not recommend. Um, <laughs> but what it did do is it sealed a DNA in us. Um, okay. And it did, it did more than we thought it would do. Um, and so all the stuff about people helping other people follow Jesus in real time really started to happen when they were in living rooms. And so, you know, I, I'd be the fifth person to the hospital, um, you know, as the as wow. the pastor, you know, I'd be the fifth person yeah. to the hospital. And, uh, you know, the the poor's bills would get paid and people were giving away cars and, uh, you know, people were praying out loud for the first time and people were uh, trusting in Jesus, you know, over dinner. Those sorts of things uh, have marked me. And so, yeah, um, so that's been our kind of our, our experiment here. And, um, you know, it comes with all of its stuff. But watching people who did not feel as though they had the gift set to be in ministry, you know, they own businesses or they're just concert pianist or they're, you know, musicians or or, uh, you know, they code or whatever to see them get in the game of helping other people follow Jesus has has grown them. And good, that bro. to me is the most most rewarding thing that we're doing here. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, I actually talked about that last Saturday night at our, our service right. about mm -hmm. where did we get the idea that the highest and loftiest goal was to be in full time ministry uh, as a pastor or as a you know mm -hmm. church leader or something like that. Um, the reality is, is that, hey, everybody's in ministry. Really, this is our gathering where we then leave and go. And I'd, I'd yeah. love to hear mm -hmm. more stories about your smaller gatherings because um, that's something that we're finding as well. It's the smaller connected groups mm -hmm. that are wrestling with big questions that are no, involved in each other's lives to the degree that they know when someone needs a meal or is in the hospital or needs yeah. a car. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. love that front line of, uh, of family that you know really is the church. There's, there's no mm -hmm. difference. Um, mm -hmm. That sounds really amazing. I'd love to hear more about how you kind of rethought God 
What was your rethinking God moments in, in the context of church life? Yeah, that, that's really good. Um, yeah, I think you've touched on a lot of it, just that sort of celebrity uh, thing, you know, wow, that person's a gifted speaker, therefore they must be closer to God, or they must be used by God more, uh, just all those right. sorts of things. Uh, they, that, that philosophy doesn't hold up when the person who would say, I can't, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not fluid, I, I don't speak well, you know, to see them place their hands on somebody and meet them in a place of need when, uh, when the professional Christian <laughs> uh, didn't even notice they were going through it and they were in the same room. It really yeah. helps you appreciate, uh, you know, the different giftings. Uh, that are there. Yeah. And so, you know, one thing we say here is discipleship is helping people follow Jesus in real time. Yeah. And so for us, yeah. relationship like is all of a sudden mandatory because I don't know what your real time is. I don't know what your real time is, you know? And so yeah. um, I'm walking with a guy right now. Uh, he's in one of my sort of venues for just doing enough relationship to help people follow Jesus and they help me, you know? So, I got three or four of them at the time. You know, we had we had yeah. our neighborhood church at our house last night, and then I've got a group on Wednesday mornings. And I've got another group of young guys on Fridays. And uh, for me, the whole goal is enough relationship for your real time. And so, you know, a guy uh, we're talking about uh, right now, we're sort of talking about uh, one way to love people is to be attentive and to be responsive. And, yeah. uh, you know... It's one of my greatest fears of weed culture, which we're we're in a wild town here. You know, uh, <laughs> there, there's plenty of reasons to sort of re rethink about what we're doing, but one of them is it makes you less responsive. Uh, right. You're not attentive to need, and right. and that might be the most antichrist thing I can think of is that I could walk into a yeah. room and not notice need not notice hunger yeah. and not know how to wow. how to jump in so good what i loved about getting to know you because you know our our relationship was built around your book as an editor my job is to help the person i'm working with um bring clarity to what the messages that they're carrying uh, and and so that means that i'm going to run into folks that that think differently than me uh, and we probably have some places where we think differently but what i so loved about connecting with you uh, from the Batman, from when we first started talking, was what you just shared. I, it was all over you that the whole point is love and that love restrains itself, that love thinks uh, on behalf of re restoration and reconciliation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Love is willing to say I was wrong. Love isn't defending an, uh, an ideology mm -hmm. or a theology. It's willing to be uncomfortable. It's willing mm -hmm. to walk beside someone uh, who thinks differently, who, who it's that Emmaus road, Jesus. And I felt mm -hmm. that, uh, on top of the fact that I, that you're, you're a killer writer, man. Like I could see that I could see so those much. skill sets growing. And I was mm -hmm. like, man, how much fun is it to, to work with somebody who really values the art of writing in, in, and by itself. But, mm -hmm. but, um, I, 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 you, you, you tell me a little bit about where you're at because you've got a church You've got this movement taking place, this, you know, Derek and I find ourselves um, talking to folks about deconstruction. And to be quite frank, early on, 
uh, we've talked about it uh, a lot here. That wasn't a term I even liked. It wasn't one that I would have embraced for myself. It was too destructive in nature. I, I, I've never, <laughs> right. I've always thought, I've always thought if you tear the whole thing down, uh, then you then you're left with a mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yet I can value the the imagery of looking for the cornerstone, which is how we've. Mm-hmm decided to talk about it jesus being perfect theology okay let's help people find that cornerstone uh, so that we can rebuild the whole purpose of then deconstruction is for the reconciliation of 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 our hearts to god so we can actually build again and i felt that uh and i and i know where you're located um the other side of that conversation is that there's those that are just tearing things down they're just uh, and it's just destructive in nature and 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 often they're re- reacting I, I like that you use the phrase responding they're reacting and and um uh, this book dives into that and actually from a from a pastor's perspective what i so thankful for and i'm gonna let you speak in a sec but what i was so <laughs> thankful for is there's a whole lot of pastors out there that that didn't look at those who are deconstructing as sheep as people. And so it was almost like us and them came into the narrative. And so you were hearing all of these folks who were all these leaders in the church who were dismissive of so many folks who were simply just trying to rediscover what they understood about God, navigating abuses and traumas and hurts, and, and really trying to find the cornerstone. Stone. Amen. And and here's a pastor, here's Jared Schultz, who I've, who have, who I meet and, and, and you're basically saying, "Hey, stop it! These are God's kids," mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and and so the the tone in which you begin to have a conversation about this mm-hmm. subject really blessed me, man. Mm-hmm. Why did you write this book? What I know you're seeing the deconstruction movement uh, in your area, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of reasons why a pastor would just dismiss it, but you've yeah. embraced it and wanted to actually bring uh, language and understanding around it. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, what a great question. Um, I think because I've got so many stories, <laughs> you know, yeah. every 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 page I'm I have a face, you know, every page I have a face. And I think I remember when I had that conversation with, with so and so, you know, and so this is this is twenty years of following Jesus, and uh, you know, which I'm just getting started, but I've taken some good notes over twenty years, <laughs> and uh, I guess sort of notice trends, and um, it's easy to hate people you don't know. Um, and so I guess I just developed a real love for people who are in tough places. And yeah. um, I, I guess this book sort of comes out of like, here's the things I've seen. Here's the things I've experienced. Here are the reasons I've been given. And here's where they're right. And here's where they could be right. a little better. And so, um, you know, on my best day, I think of this book and I go, oh, it's great. Everyone's going to love about half of it. On my worst day, I go, oh, I just wrote a book. Everyone's going to hate at least half of it. Um, but, it, but, it but it does tend to have that thing, you know, where the from the top, it's like, here's why people are deconstructing. And that's yeah. that's that's hard for a lot of people. Um, I've lost friends, Jason. We've talked about this, you know. You, you put yeah. words on a page, and you can lose friends. And sort of, yeah. um, sort of some of the feedback there is, hey, man, uh, why are you saying this stuff? Aren't you, aren't you sort of, um, um, you're being disrespectful to the church. 
And yeah. I go, well, how's that? It's like, well, you know, if you give them all these ideas, you're just you're just giving them ammunition. I go, no, no, no. Uh, when you can repeat back to somebody what you've heard them say, that's not ammunition. When you ignore them, that's ammunition. And so we say yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's good, bro. You know, we it, the, yeah. the 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 truth is, many people have deconstructed because of politics. They just can't do it. They just can't go into church, and they just can't hear. Um, they can't. They, they're around people who are tone deaf. And uh, do I think they can mature sometimes? Sure. Do I think they're wrong sometimes? Sure. Do I think? But that doesn't matter. This section of the book is here's why people are deconstructing. And if you can't hear that, right? Uh, for me, it's just like I think we've identified a place where you can grow. Let let let's just yeah. <laughs> let's let's do some uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, you need to be exposed to it more so that you can handle it. And you need to be in a room where you're not the boss. You need to be in the room where you're not the one talking. You need to be the, in the room that's more of a circle than a pulpit. And you need to listen. And uh, you're not, I say not this from experience. That's me. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 yeah not looking for yeah, agreement. Yeah, we're not looking for agreement. We're looking for understanding. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Right. Amen. Right. I love that. That's huge. And, and uh, I mean, you know, I, I spent uh, I've spent several elections, presidential elections, reminding people that we're actually citizens of another kingdom first. <laughs> and then and then look around the room. You know, I remember this early in I think it was 2016. It's like, hey, uh, you know, after the election and you got all sorts of different mindsets and some people are rejoicing. Some people are sorrowful. Yeah. Some people don't mm -hmm. care. And I said, hey, mm -hmm. look, look, at least five people in the eye. There's people who voted yeah. Republican. There's people who voted Democrat. There's people who voted for Kanye. There's people who wrote in Snoopy. And there's people who didn't vote. So there's at least five different types of people in this room. And there's one thing we agree on is that mm -hmm. we love Jesus and we Amen. belong to another kingdom. So Amen. I try to quash that, that political stuff. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. you, can, you can grow a very large church today in a Christian nationalist kind of mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, we're just, we're just not having it. I want to, yeah. I want to dive into your, the title. I'm going to show, mm -hmm. show people a little, uh, uh, yeah. which I love the artwork. I love Thank the artwork you so on your yep. cover. It's, it's so intriguing, but sandbox mm -hmm. to museum. Tell me about the title. It says what to do when the faith you knew doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah. I, I fought for the title. Um, because it is intriguing, and some people don't like intriguing. Um, <laughs> you know, they like hit me, you know, put it on the nose kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So thanks for that. Yeah, I think the metaphor is simply um, not all digging is is the same. Um, not all digging is, is created equal. And so um, I can be a child who makes a, a sandcastle, and I could take my little Tonka truck and I can just vroom it to death, you know. And it's fun and it's carefree, but the the deal is, is the the castle doesn't have any value. It's just it's just sand, and we could build it again. Um, or I can be an archaeologist who uh, takes out my tiny little brush and my air hose, and I know that there's something beautiful underneath the surface. And you might go, those two people are digging, uh, but the intention's different. The goal is different. And so I want to move people from the sandbox to the museum where they found a gym. You know, I love that that uh, red pull out on the you know on the cover. 
It's kind of this this image of like, look what we found, you know. And so uh, I think more people will find gems if they believe that there's one to be found. Um, and I think we will sort of temper our digging if we believe that we could wreck something precious if we're not careful. And so my call is let's get digging. You know, I'll go put my I'll go put my work clothes on. Let's go for it. But let's do it in a way that 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 in a in a sense gives yourself the best chance of finding something beautiful. Because if you just go out there and Tonka truck this thing, you could wreck something beautiful. Man, uh, Derek, um, I love doing this with you. Love uh, what God is doing uh, in and through our lives, the connection, the reconnection over these last years, uh, what uh, the, the favor in life on on Rethinking God with Tacos, whether it's the Facebook group uh, or the Zoom calls and the, the ones we have in the future, just uh, life-giving and a, a fulfillment of the vision that I had nine years ago when we stepped away from pastoring full-time to start a Family Story Ministries. A Family Story Ministries was meant to create content catalytic for an encounter with the love of God. I mean, it was that simple and, and, uh, and it was very empowering for me to then lean into writing lean into obviously uh, speaking and teaching uh, and and led to the start of this podcast almost five years ago a family story is a nonprofit and it's um, it's been uh, the home for for me for nine years as we've leaned in and so and I remember you saying uh, coming out of covid that hey guys we started a podcast and you you and Sarah were one of our earliest guests yeah, 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 and uh, and it definitely is content that is catalytic for an encounter with the love of God. Uh, we've yeah. experienced that by joining forces together. Yeah, uh, but I want I want all of our listeners to know that this is a listener funded podcast, and uh, rethinking God with Tacos has kind of taken on a life of its own in the umbrella of a family story. But a family story is. Your livelihood, Jason. Um, I, I get a salary from the church that I pastor, and uh, I, I donate my time and volunteer my time to do this. But I want everybody to know that uh, you can give to make Rethinking God with Tacos available to as many people as we can possibly make it available to. If, it, if this podcast has in any way uh, blessed you, helped shape your rethinking journey, and been a safe place to experience community on the Facebook page, then I invite you to uh, to give, not out of compulsion or arm twisting, no. but out of uh, out of joy and yeah. generosity. Uh, give into a family story. You can do it at afamilystory.org. There's a giving function on there. And, and we invite you into partnership with us. It's a way that we can partner together to establish the kingdom of God through this podcast. Uh, and I love doing it with you, Jason. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, same here, man. Thank you. So grateful uh, for those who have given and who, who blessed us and, and have prayed for us and partnered with us over the years. So love it. Love doing this with you. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you all soon. Yeah, and that's, that's you speaking to, you know, we have this conversation often. There, there's reactions and responses and those that that mm. have been hurt, they often just take a Tonka truck to it and they just blow the yeah. whole thing up. 
Yeah, I have yeah, grace yeah. For, for that, and and the mm-hmm. Jesus that I know is still there walking with Amen. him. Amen. But Amen. I love that that you're you're inviting people into, uh, and that's what this book does. It invites us to to have a conversation first of all, yeah. mm-hmm. and and it is heartbreaking when people reject you just for saying, "Hey, I just to make a room for a." Con-. We're already having the conversation, but I, I hate that they're having to have it outside of the the the, the yes. building. Yes. Just have it here. Can we just invite this conversation in here, and then and then let's steward the the love of God. Let's look for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let's let as you said something precious to me. Mm-hmm. I, I decided uh, I can't change the language. It's called deconstruction. I I didn't get to pick the title Christian either. So you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. that's that's what we're calling it. So let me go mm-hmm. ahead and, and pastor those that for, in the way that I can in the way mm-hmm. that, that there's grace to do so, so that we mm-hmm. do find the precious, so that we don't leave Jesus, so mm-hmm. that we do discover the perfection of his love. And and, and mm-hmm. to me, we're then having a conversation about repenting. We're then having mm-hmm. a conversation about rethinking who yeah. God is. I mean, that's what we do here, right? We like mm-hmm. The whole idea is, is he's, he's better than our last best thought about him. And so let's mm-hmm. rethink, let's rediscover, let's mm-hmm. let's continue to to, to to dig, and let's let's mm-hmm. do it with intentionality. That we're looking for that cornerstone, we're looking for mm-hmm. that perfect theology upon which we can build our faith and we can build our community and build our connections. You have this. You this. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to read something. Looking back, this is from the book, first chapter. I'm grateful for the stress testing of my faith, all the agitation of wondering, uh, mulling, and testing. I think it's an age-old, authentic, and even necessary part of the faith journey. And then you, of course, say, I've, I've encountered a cultural eye roll in some Christian circles that seem to assume deconstructionist language is just a softer way of telling other Christians that they're walking away from the faith. This most definitely is not my story. And what I love about that is that that's most definitely not everyone's story. And there's so much grace in, in, that, in what you've written there. Of course, you go on. I could keep reading. I'm not going to do that. But but what I what I'd love for you to speak to is, man. I'm I'm convinced he never leaves or forsakes us. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that that Jesus is an Emmaus Road stranger walking beside every one of us on our journey, even those who are reacting. He's there with us, yeah. endeavoring to reveal himself to us. But I'm thankful for for pastors like yourself who are making room. Uh, and putting language around it that is connected to our faith. So suddenly we take that deconstruction language. We say, for me, I'm like, let's connect it to our faith. Let's connect it to our journey. Let's appreciate we have brothers and sisters in and outside the institution that love Jesus dearly. And let's begin to understand what it is that they're actually deconstructing, what it is that they're actually trying to figure out. Some of it's going to get messy. You acknowledge that in the book. You have five sections. We could break through them. But you acknowledge uh, that in the book that it's messy, and so you're you're trying to help people do it well, all for the purpose of finding Jesus. Talk to me about that right there, um, that that place of saying, "Hey, this was my faith journey, like 15 years ago. Like this was what I was figuring out." Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I, I open with a story of um, from Edinburgh, Scotland, and so I I just listened yes. to one of the one of the other episodes with somebody who's in Edinburgh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That you guys had on, yeah, uh, David Hewitt. Yeah, I was four seconds from booking a ticket just to go and smell the air. Uh, I no dearly kidding. love, I dearly, dearly love uh, Edinburgh. Um, 
And so I kind of opened with this with this story of us uh, participating in the Fringe Festival, which is like the largest arts fair in the world. Um, people like Blue Man Group got their start there. There were 600, last time we were there, there were 600 clubs in like a four mile radius. It's just wild. Uh, yeah. You know, a, a different busker every 20, 20 feet or something like that. And um, long story short, we were just out there seeing what God would do. And uh, we were playing speed dating nights. And and uh, I mean, it was the wildest time. Um, yeah. But God did stuff, you know, and um, people started following Jesus. And so we we at least knew that we had to connect them with somebody uh, because um, we can get into this in a second maybe. But the gospel for me these days, the best way I can say it is get in here. That's the gospel to me is get in here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so it, it's hard to bring people to Jesus without anything to get in. And so we tried to find, you know, pastors, believers, different groups, whether it was a YWAM group or, you know, some group just like, hey, here's some other believers, you know, and uh, kind of pass them off. And uh, long story short, the one we passed them off to um, in their, our first meeting said something like, well, hey, you, you, you know, you can believe in evolution and still be a Christian. <laughs> and 15 years ago, that that spooked me. That right. spooked me. And I still don't know right. all that he meant. I don't know if he was opening it up for, you know, old earth, new earth. I don't know. I don't know. Sure. You know, I right. guess I could I guess I could have more of a conversation with him about it. But um, it was it was it was embarrassing to some degree uh, how that rocked my faith. Um, how that sort of showed me something, um, all or nothing, black or white, um, you can call it whatever you want, those sure. sorts of things. And so it really spooked me. And, and I thought, oh my, you know, um, been following Jesus for some time. I should probably, this thing needs to sophisticate, um, needs to, 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 uh, get more nuanced. It needs, there needs, needs to evolve. Something. Yeah. Something needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it took a it took a big bang conversation for me to realize my faith needed to evolve. That's poetic. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, we should yeah, write I'm books together, Derek. When I use that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, it was by design that you said that. Uh, anyhow, all that to say, <laughs> that sort of a thing, you know. And um, I grew up in a in a house. Uh, my father was mildly liberal and my mom was mildly uh, conservative. And, uh, you know, we we were in this wild church, uh, if you're familiar with Seventh-day Adventist, that uh, in 1890-something was started by a female prophet. 1890, <laughs> a church started by a female prophet. But then by the time I got into it was was, you know, extremely legalistic, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of lived in this world, and then, and then I actually came to faith in a, a wild, um, charismatic setting. If you're familiar with, uh, like, Mike Bickle and, and IHOP and these sorts of expressions, right? Bethel, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I kind of settled into, you know, charismatic light sort of thing. And, you know, now I'm sort of in a stream that's really excited about making disciples, et cetera. All that to say, I had, had all these experiences that helped me navigate the oh no we just passed this street kid off to somebody who says they can be a you know they can believe in evolution still be christian that but i had enough of this give and take this push and pull and what i realized was was that very few christians around me had that 
um, they had not been pulled in two directions ever. And so the minute they felt that, it felt bad. And what I realized right. was I'm very comfortable in this environment. I'm very comfortable debating. I'm very comfortable. And so what I realized was, you know, maybe maybe a part of what I um, could do is sort of give people those experiences, whether it's in houses or whether it's in meetings or, or if it's on the street or whatever, uh, to experience that because that's what's going to sharpen you. That's what's going to grow you. That's what's going to help you. And um, when, I, when I started to realize there, there are communities that are fine with that. They're just ones who hate the church. Right. Uh, and 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 when you when you have that conviction, then you start to go, well, wait, I want to have those conversations. I love the church. Yeah. You know, and for me, I love the church. Um, yeah. And but it comes from a place where I say, um, you know, we 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 were part of planting a mega church. It became, you know, a few thousand people in, in a few years, you know, all the stuff. Yeah. I love that yeah. place. I love that place. God did so many great things. I love what yeah. happened in my living room last night. I love yeah. our little church here in this storefront. Um, yeah. That So when I say I love the church, and someone goes, yeah, you know, I did it. I just couldn't do the celebrity pastor. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, because what I've realized is that a lot of people have left a sliver of the faith, thinking that they're leaving the whole faith. And I guess I'm here to say, like, you just left a sliver. <laughs> you know, I think the politics right. yeah. sucks. Like, Cool, cool. Yeah, there's there's other groups maybe in your neighborhood who are not going to do that. Okay, wow. You know the lights and the smoke machines. Oh, that's fine. The church down the street can't afford them. You know that sort of. So I love the church, and yeah. Um, yeah. for me, you know, ecclesia, the gathering. Um, I think, I think the church is the greatest chance we have of putting the love of God on display so that people can see it. Yes, God loves us as individuals, but it sure takes the friction. It sure takes the restoration. It sure takes the family yes. for my neighbors to go. That's something different. They find happy people at the yoga studio. They, they, they have a harder time finding happy communities. And so the gathering, Ecclesia, to me is, is the beautiful thing. So if it's five people in your living room, let's go. Fine. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And I, if it's, I love if it's your... thousands, sure. Yeah. J Jason and I are pretty good at, at both and thinking, um, you know, we've had to be, but yeah, I like your stance on, on the church. I would, I would actually amp it up another degree. Said I love the church that Jesus built. I'm not real Ooh. fond of the structures <laughs> that man has built in many ways um, yeah. that, that actually, are anti-Christ that prevent Hello. people from asking questions because certainty becomes the highest. Yes. Certainty becomes the highest uh, faith as opposed yes. to, mm -hmm. you know, we firmly believe that uh, a faith that can be questioned is a true faith. And, yes. you know, it, uh, doubt is not the enemy of faith. Certainty mm -hmm. is the enemy of faith. We mm -hmm. can't live a life of faith if we don't live in some type of mystery. And Man, I'm going to echo oh, what like you that. said. Mm -hmm. The church, it, the church that Jesus built, the church is God's plan yeah. A, and He doesn't have a plan B. Yeah. So let's just throw that out there. Mm, but yeah. it may not, it may not be what has been represented as church. I have mm -hmm. lots of neighbors who have lots of church stories um, all over the map, 
And uh, it's understandable that they don't want to be a part of that anymore, but they do enjoy uh, this relationship with Jesus. They enjoy yeah. mm -hmm. following Jesus mm -hmm. um, and they enjoy being in community. The way that I've, I've mm -hmm. said it to our congregation is church should be like a rock tumbler. You're coming in mm -hmm. here. You got a ton of jagged edges. We all do. But as we rub up against one another, as that rock yeah. tumbler gets going, you stay faithful mm -hmm. to stay connected, even though you disagree, may disagree with things. It's not about agreement all the time. It's about understanding. We're not, or mm -hmm. we're not going to lose connection because yeah. we have friction. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so to hang in there, and that's really where, where love becomes our highest goal. And mm -hmm. love becomes the singular command of Jesus. He, he mm -hmm. said, a new commandment I give mm -hmm. to you, love one another the way I have loved you by this, all will know you're my followers. You're yeah. my disciples. So, yeah. um, loving well becomes the new evangelism mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily the highest purpose to get someone in a church, get them saved, get them baptized. It's the highest purpose of the church to love well, but I agree yeah. with you. Mm -hmm. The gathering mm -hmm. is so necessary. And that's mm -hmm. where it's like, I, I'm navigating this as a pastor. I've mm -hmm. been a pastor for 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done it bad, and now we're now we're doing it healthier. Um, <laughs> so I think we have we have similar stories. I can resonate mm -hmm. completely with what mm -hmm. you're saying. That the difference now, though, is that I'm not seeing insiders and outsiders. I'm seeing everyone wow. as insiders, wow. and they're either mm -hmm. awake or asleep. And that mm. that little bit of language Hello. change it starts waking me up to the reality of, oh, I can see Christ in the face of every person that I love well, that I serve. Mm. Jesus said, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So, mm. um, you know, that, that takes the separation out of it and, uh, and then begins to allow love to do what it does best, and that's never fail. <laughs> wow, wow. So, um, <laughs> man, I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really excited when I, when I hear people who can live well in the both and world mm -hmm. uh, because then it doesn't push away the mega church down the street because there's some people that yeah. man that's just going to resonate for them yeah. and that's okay yeah. that's fine yeah. but mm -hmm. neither then is the the church structure allowed to say well you're not a church because you're just meeting in a living room with five people right right right, um, right. well that's that's just not true so yeah. amen yeah yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I'm not even really asking a question. I'm just re really resonating with your both <laughs> and thinking here, and uh, and wish more people would would adapt to, and I wish more pastors would adapt to uh, being accessible mm. and being um, open to navigating questions with people. Um, yeah. yeah, I guarantee you, even their own staff. Like, yeah. I guarantee. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Their own staff has questions, and if oh, you don't yeah. have an environment yeah. where people are allowed to ask questions and discuss and navigate mm -hmm. things, then you don't really have a church. No, yeah, I think I think the way I addressed this a little bit in the book was um, wherever there's a culture of certainty, there's also a culture of hypocrisy. Mm. Uh, yeah. The co the connection there is if I'm That's scared good, to say I don't get it then I'm going to lie to you to keep my job. <laughs> I'm going to lie to you so I'm not kicked out of the church. And so we yeah. have to be really careful about that. you know. And so one way that we've sort of uh, thought this through in the last few years is uh, we won't 
necessarily talk about the beliefs of our church. We'll talk about the teachings of our church. Uh, because the truth of the matter is, is, is um, not everyone who comes here believes the exact same thing. And uh, so, but there, there are some close-handed issues for us as a Christian church um, where we say that's the only thing we'll teach because that's the thing what those of us who preach believe. We're not going to preach anything we don't believe. And so what I think that's done is it's opened itself up for people to not have to put on the facade of certainty or they're going to get kicked out. We just say, hey, here's the teachings of the church. If you if you go through the podcast, you're only going to find this going on. Um, so yeah. hopefully hopefully that's helped. You know, that one, one thing I wanted to... Uh, one thing you got me thinking about as far as the gathering is concerned is um i kind of been resonating on this for maybe a, a couple of months i don't remember where i picked up but the idea is this um oftentimes my neighbor who i'm actually called to love who jesus said they'll know you might if you're my disciples if you love one another that person is fuzzy that person is ambiguous, and I can't give you a name or an age or an address. But my enemy, oh, their face is crystal clear. I I <laughs> see their face when I close my eyes. I know where they live. I know what they've said. I follow all their social media posts, etc. The way of Jesus for healthy gathering gives us the opportunity to put faces and names to the people we're supposed to love. And what I hope happens is the longer I follow Jesus, my enemies' faces get fuzzier. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who's against me. I, I don't I don't I don't I don't know who's got problems with me. I don't know who I'd punch in the mouth if I had to. That gets yeah. fuzzier. That gets more opaque. That gets more just kinda like, I don't know. You know, and I think the the, the world um that wants to creep inside of me wants to do the exact opposite. Um, it wants to clarify all my enemies and make me be loving to people who aren't actually there, people who don't actually have needs, people who I don't actually have to help with the gas bill, people I don't actually have to help. Because, you know, as I say in the book, messy people are messy. And it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> but that's half of the at least half of the curriculum of Jesus. I I love that. <laughs> we have this conversation we have here um, where the more dogmatic we become in love and jesus being mm. love the less dogmatic we are about all the other things uh, <laughs> it, it, it actually gives us liberty to be in any place uh and actually operate in constraint and the context of uh, consent um and what you're describing to me uh is this this profound thing that takes place at the cross father forgive them they know not what they do i i was uh, this this was the shift for me where where faces become blurry. I love that picture, man. That that that's a really cool uh, imagery f around this idea. I am in a situation where where I um I, whether I would have used the phrase enemy, I certainly would have used the phrase antagonist. Like I was in a situation where I was being I was being forced to deal day in day out with somebody else's mess in a dishonoring way towards me and my family, and it was just a nonstop. And so I, I get away for the weekend to go to this uh, conference. And I'm at this conference and I think I've escaped the situation at the conference. And it's me and Jesus and we're gonna worship and it's gonna be wonderful. And I walk into this room and there they are, these, these, and they're waving me over, they've saved me a seat. 
<laughs> and I think to myself, oh, God, my whole weekend blown. Like, I'm here I am. And so I, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. I, I go into the restroom. I'm exhausted. I go into the restroom. Uh, a prophet friend of ours um, walks up. This is where it takes place at the urinal. Uh, uh, you know, and so I'm there just, you know, so we, we've got the story. Solid I'm there. The cave, I'm relieving himself. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he walks right next to me. His name's Robin McMillan. I don't know if you know that name, but actually John Mark mm -hmm. McMillan's dad. Oh, and wow. So cool. he's standing next, he's standing next to me, pastors of church. And he says, Jay, Jace, like, you know, typical, um, prophetic. Like, no, no, I can't. We're just looking. Jace, you know what God's telling me today? You know, what he's been telling me lately. And I go, What's he, what's he saying, Robin? And he says, uh, Jesus forgave them for they know not what they do. And I was like, explosion. Grace <laughs> came into me. And I, oh, and I, um, I, I suddenly realized, um, I realized that perspective that my wife would say it this way. Brene Brown says it this way. That everyone's doing the best they can. Amen. I believe and, it. And when you realize that, man their their faces become it changes how you think of deconstruction it changes how you think of your neighbor it changes how you think of your enemy because yeah. suddenly you realize man jesus on a cross he sure they sure seemed like they knew what they were doing you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. and somehow mm -hmm. he was able to see through their broken places through their flawed yeah, theologies yeah, 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 through yeah, yeah. their Mm -hmm. through their um, religious obsessions with their ideolo ideologies and say they don't know what they're doing and grace was released. And, and I feel that on this book. I feel that on this conversation. I, I'm, I love that God is raising up pastors and leaders, whether they're in the traditional sense or otherwise, that are, are navigating that place, that we're, we're learning how to be restrained in love, learning yeah. how to because the, there was a liberty for me, first of all, but then it also empowered me to go back into the room and engage. Wow. They weren't enemies, but engage with them in a way that was life-giving for them, life-giving for me, and the and the ball gets moved. Right? We wow. we just moved mm -hmm. the 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 whole mm -hmm. the whole game down. We're just we're making we're making mm. progress. Mm. Um, I had a question. I'd gone to look, go ahead if you've got if you want to say yes and this is the time. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's beautiful. Go ahead. Well, th thanks for the example of going back in the room. Um, you know, I, I hope this. I hope this book uh, it helps people go back in the room and that's to revisit it. it you it. know, we were we were reading. Yeah. Uh, a friend and I this morning we were reading um, out of Titus and the idea. You know, pretty Paul's pretty like hard on him. He's like they're liars, <laughs> blah 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 blah. You know, and the thought <laughs> occurred to me that uh, whatever you're soaking in is not it, it, you can be anti the things of Jesus because of the thing you're soaking in and it's not a conscious effort and i think yeah. historically all the stuff that's happening on Crete you know they lied it was part of their culture they just were liars no one thought i'm a liar they just lied that was their no. culture yeah. you know yeah. um and so there's a lot to to what Paul's doing there and his ability to actually be contextual and all that sort of stuff, but it reminded me of what you're saying, where it's like, when when I have that moment of forgive them, they know what the, not what they do. Oftentimes, I can sort of pan out and just go, I see what they're soaking in, and so like, yeah. uh, so it's less about like you did this intentionally to harm me, and more like you need to be restored to your right place as a son or a daughter. But yeah. then your behavior will change. But it, the main issue is that. 
you're hiding. You know, why are you hiding? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that sort of a thing. So, um, so there's there's places in the book where, um, where I say, you know, everyone's going to hate at least half of this thing. Uh, there's some places in the book where where we talk about what are sort of the cultural pillars that Christian deconstruction came out of. That's and part four, in other, right? Yeah, yeah. In other yep. words, um, for a lot of my friends who are stuck, what are you soaking in? I want you to see what you're soaking in. And one of them is indignation, just a, a value set that says, if I'm not red-faced and pissed off, I don't care. And I that's just want to say that's anti-kingdom. And and. Yeah. You know, I think I think Greg Boyd uh, says some great things about this. I've got my own thoughts about the place of anger in the kingdom, but I just want to make sure I don't wash whitewash that and yeah. say this is righteous anger. I'm like I'm not so sure that we understand yeah. what's happening there, so I want to stay as far away from that as I can. And, and so cool. you know that section just like hey, make sure you're not soaking in indignation. I know it's tough, you know. If anyone knows about church hurt, it's pastors. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so I just want to make sure I'm not soaking in something unknowingly. You know, I look back a couple hundred years in this nation. You know, if, if you feel like every person had a balanced view of slavery and just chose to enslave, I think you're probably wrong. They were probably soaking in that. And cultural uh, context, yeah. Yeah, their cultural context. Yeah. sort of um yeah did its thing to him yeah 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 that's a that's really insightful and really helpful i i think that's the part of the deconstruction movement that scares and and turns off a whole lot of a whole lot of people because it's yeah. a reactionary thing that mm -hmm. is that is coming out of hurt but it is reactionary and so it's it's almost you know i used to say as a charismatic um until i discovered there's no separation in the nature of god that uh, my desperation was the high watermark of spiritual maturity. That was what I was raised in. So then you have to mm. ramp up this. You're constantly having to be desperate. Otherwise, you're not you're not a authentic Christian. And, and I think what you're touching on in wow. indignation mm. is the same idea. It's it, indignation is a real feeling, but um, we have such a, a dualistic thing taking place in our culture right now that you almost have a generation that thinks if they're not mad. That, that justice isn't being done yeah. if they're not actually mm -hmm. that, that and, and instead of the idea that Jesus took the whole day to braid a whip you know what I'm saying that that when there was a moment where he goes into there and he, he addresses the the issues he's doing it in control of himself as a response wow. in the context of cruciform love never mm. never actually stepping outside of God in Christ reconciling the world to himself um, so yeah, I love that man. I love that that insight. Um, yeah, I, this is just some great thoughts. Don't get me started on people who use Jesus cleansing the temple as a justification <laughs> for their outrageous anger. Um, sure, I, yeah. I love those conversations. But uh, I'll be deleting you know, what are you some do podcasts James from some years ago. Yeah, when James comes <laughs> along and he's like, "Hey, human anger does not produce the righteousness of God." Hmm. It never mm. will. It won't. It mm. has no capacity for that. And of wow. course, there's things that we would term righteous indignation, mm -hmm. um, but it has to come back to a, a love response because they will know you are my followers by your love. Mm -hmm. And so the the big one of the big shifts for me was just what would love do? What would love do? What would love do? What With Jesus do? being the high watermark of what love would do, and then bringing it into the context of 
the century that I live in. You know, Jesus comes along and he he rattles the context of even Judaism by saying, hey, you've heard it said, but I say, you mm-hmm. know, you've heard mm-hmm. it said an eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. I'm, I'm going to say love your enemies. Do good to those, you know, that despitefully use you and treat you poorly. And so mm. he, he shifted that. He, he came out and kind of destroyed their religion. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what, what areas of that are we going to be engaged in in our context, in our world? Um, I, and I, I think it has to be done with the response of love because mm-hmm. this has to be the key trademark you know, of every uh, follower of Jesus. And yeah. so mm-hmm. are, do we get it right all the time? Of course no. not. <laughs> Of course not. You said earlier there's there's uh, messy pe- messy people or something. I forget how you said it, but it was like, yeah, no, people are just messy. <laughs> They're not just <laughs> yeah, messy people. <laughs> it's just people. People are messy. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, the, the, then the role of the church, to me, the role of the church is to be uh, the church that Jesus is building. Mm-hmm. in the context of the culture that you're currently within. And it's going to mm-hmm. be it's going to be countercultural in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, but the mm-hmm. church has embraced the culture so much, especially mm-hmm. politically. In Amer- I'm talking mm-hmm. about church in America. Okay, the church mm-hmm. in America has embraced this political spectrum um and <laughs> you know, we had we had Kristen Dumay on who wrote Jesus and John Wayne quite a while back and wow. I read that book when it first came out and it was like, it was like, um, a history of my personal experience growing up in the church. Whoa. Mm. And she is a historian. So it's not like, you know, I mean, she's documenting stuff and getting her sourcing right. And, um, people went ballistic over that book Mm -hmm. and it's because their, their means of producing the kingdom was through either the Republican or Democrat party. Wow. That was their means. They forgot mm-hmm. that they're citizens of another kingdom mm-hmm. and strangers, you know, to the this context that we live in. We're supposed to be living counterculture. And I, I believe that's hopefully where the church is, is heading. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't look like it, but I'm I'm a super optimistic guy. I'm not a guy that thinks Jesus is on the throne yeah, room too. twiddling his thumbs like, <laughs> oh, crap, the, the church is so screwed up. No, he's seated. <laughs> He's seated confidently, mm-hmm. yeah. knowing that what, what he started, he'll finish. And so yeah. um, I just want to be on the side of those that love well. And mm-hmm. and me. then be, like Jason said, not have to be dogmatic about this thing that I am most dogmatic about. And that is mm-hmm. love is the identifying mark of a mm-hmm. follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I, I even think you know the term Christian is in such disarray and disrepair in our culture right now. You read the word Christian in any you know mainstream media, New York Times, whatever. It's it's not usually ever positive because they're they're throwing Westboro Baptist in with you know Mother Teresa, and it's like yeah no, this is this is not what we would call Christian. And that's why I've, I've even started using the terminology, just follower of Jesus. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not against being called a Christian. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. It's been happening since Antioch, but, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't a real positive term. Even then mm-hmm. it was just trying sure. to put people in some kind of a box. Mm-hmm. At least when we say follower of Jesus, 
we identify a, a smidgen of humility that says, I'm following someone who is greater than I. Wow. And I'm aspiring mm. to become like this person. Ooh. That speaks volumes to my friends who hate the word Christian and have mm -hmm. been, I mean, destroyed by Christians. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't know, now I'm just ranting. But <laughs> I, lo I, I love it. To me, coming back to the title of your book, I love the idea that sometimes maybe in, in early stage deconstruction, people are just chucking all the sand out of the box. They're, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're yeah, not yeah, even yeah, yeah. mining mm -hmm. for anything. Mm -hmm. They're like, I'm and right. not only that, I'm going to get out of the box and never mm -hmm. mine here again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I love this concept of that in the brokenness and in the pain, we can mine gems. We can find amazing, amazing yeah. truths mm -hmm. if we stick with it. And the only thing that is going to help people stick with it is that they have a genuine love for one another. Yeah. Um, that's the only way you're going to stick with people. Yeah. So what would love do became that, that question that I just would ask, try to ask in every situation and then try to yeah. let the spirit lead me in, in what that looks like, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. it, it may look different in different situations. Love, love also speaks the truth, you know? And so mm -hmm. yeah, you, you have to gauge this life and especially personal interactions with people on uh, a basis of being a good listener. Mm -hmm. And you've, you said mm -hmm. that earlier about mm -hmm. taking the time to really, truly listen yeah. to people. Mm -hmm. And I think as we're doing that, man, the spirit of God, the spirit of love within us is helping shape and craft a response that will melt through the fear of their heart and, and bring them to an understanding and an awakening of awakening. Christ in you, the hope of glory. To me, that's just a better gospel. Amen. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, but the church is God's plan A. And I, yeah. I love that. We're not giving yeah. up on, on the church. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, we got why people deconstruct part two, how to avoid the common pitfalls part three, what can we learn from the deconstruction movement? Part four, some of the cultural pillars of modern day Christian deconstruction. And then part five, how to stop the bleeding a way forward for you and your church. What I, what I loved about this, and I want to maybe have you speak a little bit to that um, section of the book, is uh, I, I described your book as a pastor's, uh, a, a, a pastor walking humbly with his people. First and foremost, those that God has given mm. to, to you to lead, but then on a larger level, I know this started with messages you were giving with at your church. Like mm -hmm. that's how this whole thing happened, right? This mm -hmm. whole book came out of mm -hmm. out of you endeavoring to help your church um, mm -hmm. make room for everyone at the table, not necessarily step beyond what we what we know Jesus to be, but make room and be able to listen. Mm -hmm. um, what I told my wife uh, when I was editing it, as so I said, you know. Um, what I appreciate is that you're you're making room for people to actually ask questions in the safety of community. Yeah. Um, and and one of the greatest um, broken places and and what what we're finding right now, Derek and I, is you know we found ourselves suddenly doing life um, online, but not just online, um, but with a, a bunch of folks who who ended up in one way, shape or form being cast out of the community mm. and, and, it, and the pain and the extra sorrow and the unneeded aspects of that journey. Uh, mm -hmm. How do we, how do we 
ask these questions in the context of community where where there is someone trustworthy to bounce stuff off of, where we can throw the wildest ideas at someone and they can say, you know, there's something there, but let's talk about what Jesus is like. Let's let's get back to that and let's revisit that. And, and uh, so I'm thankful for that. How to stop the bleeding, a way forward for you and your church. Speak a little bit to that last chapter. Yeah. Uh, and what's burning in your heart for that. Yeah. Um, and if I've got anything wrong, tell me, man. Like, no, you know, no, 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 Jason. Okay. No, you're. I'm ready to rewrite it with your words. Um, <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Yes. Uh, the uh, yeah, I'll just say from the jump, like this. Pastors are going to read this, you know. Um, but this really, we put a lot of time and effort, Jason. I know you know this. A lot of time and effort that this is not a pastor book. Right. This is this is a follower of Jesus book. Yeah. And um, so that last chapter especially, um, or that last section there especially, is sort of like, you know, don't don't march into the pastor's office and, and tell him what the church needs to do. You get started right now, yeah. um, you know, to do the things that bring you joy, do the things that match your, your gifting, et cetera. But let's, let's get moving on this. Um, and so, you know, how to stop the bleeding, how to do this. I think we'd come full circle to the soaking metaphor. Um, we need a culture that soaks in understanding. We need to have a culture that soaks in both and. We need a culture that soaks in. Um, we don't have to be twins to be friends. Uh, that's the hard news for all of us because there is no quick fix. There's there's no curriculum. Um, it is a cultural shift. And I, I feel like it's important to say a couple of things. Number one, um, which was an edit from a friend. I had nine friends read the book um, across Good. all sort, you know, different different positions in life, race, et cetera, et cetera. It's great. And uh, that was my first. So, so what I gave you, Jason, the first thing you saw had already come through nine of my friends who uh, stepped all over my toes in the best <laughs> way. Um, and so, that's why it was you know, good, one, my friend. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, but yeah. one of the one of the sort of um, notes on that was, hey, there are people um, who can't find someone within their community. You know, they can't find them. And so one of the edits was, hey, um, you might need to go to the church next door to wrestle with these things. But my encouragement is to stay in the community you're in. Um and maybe even wrestle outside of it until you've helped build a culture that itself can handle it. And uh, I think one of the unfair critiques of any organization, any group, is that you judge everybody on your experience with one person. And so to be sure, in our church, there are people who cannot handle these conversations. Uh, depending sure. on my amount of sleep and caloric intake, I can't handle them at sometimes. Uh, so what I'm encouraging people to do is, hey, um, ask around, maybe ask the pastor, say, man, I got big questions and they feel really heavy and important to me. And I'm not trying to blow up the, you know, the middle school small group or something, but who can I talk to? Uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think the church that Jesus is building to use your language. Um, it's his heart to put at least one of them in every, in every community. And we yeah. know, man, when you deal with some stuff, you go. And so I guess the long play is, I want more and more people in our church to be able to hold, have hard conversations. But I'm not sending someone who has a hard conversation to every person in the church because they're not gifted in that way. They're not interested in that way. 
you know, one of the people I think right now who would do a terrible job at sort of doing this is the most gifted hospitality person in our church. Right. It's not her thing. Yeah. You know, uh, she's growing in it. She's learning in it. She's yeah. she's um, she she sees the value in it. And, and so let's just be honest about that, that, you know, don't find don't don't find. <laughs> yeah. Don't go to that person who, you know, is going to stink at it as a justification for the church has no answers for me. We right. all know we all know people who are stuck in dogmatism. We know people who are stuck in in, um, you know, they're afraid of new thoughts, blah, 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 blah. Don't go to them. Yeah. Uh, let, let's ask around and find the person. So I think the way yeah. forward is the long play. Let's create the culture and let's start where we're at is sort of the thing. And then once we get there, once maybe a leader gets a vision for it or the leader, uh, honestly, I, I think more than gets a vision for it, my, my strategy is often I got to get a taste for it. And so I have to experience the joy that. that comes when someone is reconciled for me to Love fight that. for reconciliation reconciliation. Love that. I have to I have to taste yeah. the beauty yeah. of someone seeing both sides before I want to create that community. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jared, I, I like what you're saying. What I what I do hear you saying is that many times when people say, Well, I've been hurt by the church, well, what they really mean is it, I've been hurt by these people within this context called church and, and of course yeah. in some of those cases it actually is the pastor mm -hmm. um and in that case yeah it's probably not going to be best to hang around um, sure but you know begin to start with where you can start which is you yeah. mm -hmm. that, yeah. i love i love that because it just brings mm -hmm. your brings you back to this this personal responsibility but as you know as as much as it depends on me live yeah. at peace with Help all men down. you can't mm -hmm. do it as much as it depends on everybody else because you're, mm -hmm. you're never going to have peace but as much as it depends on you. And so and Jason and I have found too, that when people, it's almost magnetic. It's like poles it is. begin yes, to sir. start pulling. And maybe Amen. it starts with a book. For me, it mm -hmm. started with like, you know, a Brad Jerzak book or, mm -hmm. you know, actually go way back to a Joseph Prince book that mm -hmm. opened my eyes to grace coming out of the word of faith context, you mm -hmm. know, the prosperity mm -hmm. word of faith context. Um, man, it was like, whoa, Grace is more than a definition. It's actually a person, and his name is Jesus, and I really mm -hmm. need to get to know more about that. <laughs> well, that didn't disconnect me from the community I was in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. ideologically, that community actually began to start embracing that message as well. And so mm -hmm. I think that that faithfulness to human mm -hmm. beings— is what Jesus modeled, and that's part of following mm -hmm. him. So I don't, I'm not going to give up on people, um, including myself. So wow. I, I like mm -hmm. that. I like that. You know, you can't just throw the blanket statement out there that oh, the church hurt me. It's because like, well, you know, it's like saying that, you know, the NBA hurt me. Well, which team? You know, which which yeah. club? Mm -hmm. <laughs> which let's let's get let's drill it down and let's mm -hmm. find out where where that um, source of brokenness and hurt is and then mm -hmm. let's let jesus deal with that in you yeah um there's a little more personal responsibility that i'm i'm reading into the things that mm -hmm. you're talking about and i i like that i really mm -hmm. like it yeah, yeah. I, another way to say it would be uh personal opportunity you have the yeah. opportunity to grow this thing you don't need anyone's permission so Please, good. god do not let anybody in church ministry make an announcement uh may their hearts be stirred yeah. And, and may they start something, start where they're at. 
you know. It's good. It's Love good. it. Jared, um, the, uh, I'm chuckling. You've mentioned a couple of times 50% of the people that read this book will will love it and 50% might hate it. And I, I thought a couple of times if you said that, that, uh, I thought you've, you've already experienced some pushback. Yeah. And, um, I don't know that you, uh, I'm, I'm curious, uh, well, I might do this off the air. Even this podcast might, <laughs> might be a way by which you experience some pushback. Oh yeah. I hear you, Jason. And, uh, and, and yet I'm so grateful that you're here and I'm so grateful that you're willing to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I mentioned to Derek, uh, that you, you and I talked at some point, um, a couple months back and I, and I just love the generous way in which you, uh, you, um, you, you will interact with me and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, and us here today just thankful you're here man thankful that you are willing to 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 um dive into a subject in well pastoring because that's what we need those that are actually saying hey i'm in it i believe in it i love the church i love jesus this is what's happening in our culture let's have the conversation and mm-hmm. and let's be uh, willing to hear each other and then let's keep let's keep building uh Let's keep leaning into this love. Let's keep le- leaning into the nature of Jesus's perfect theology. So grateful, grateful for Beautiful. that. Thank you so much. And praying grace and wonder over this book. We have to talk tacos. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that's mm-hmm. uh, that's in the yeah. title. Yeah, Jared, we need we need your taco story. So like, give us that mouth watering taco story that or it could be horrible i don't know you you i do not judge another man's taco story he can go with it how he wills oh that's beautiful (laughs) getting all king james on taco stories (laughs) i i did i did hear a girl the other day she said uh i think i think hot dogs are german tacos and i thought wow I mean, my oh, Jason mind, and I didn't I have, sleep for three days. That, that Jason really and I me. have developed an entire theory around that exact concept. So okay, don't get good. us started. We, we, yeah, we yeah. want to hear yeah. your story, my friend. Good. Every culture has a taco. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. I love that. I the love German that. German taco. Yeah, German taco. Um, well, I'll tell you about the most unique taco joint that I just, go. I love. I love. Um, it's called In a Tub. Um, in a Tub. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And so uh, what we do here is we get our meat and our onions and, and all that sort of stuff rocking. We put that in the corn tortilla. Right? Nice. Yeah. We we pinch it closed like yeah. it's, you know, um, like a dumpling or something. Uh-huh. Then we, then we deep fry that whole bit there. Come on. Okay. Come on. We pull it out. We get our tongs. We open it just enough. And we pour powdered macaroni cheese <laughs> into the taco okay okay and okay so 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 in a tub the 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 whole taco goes in the tub i think is sort of the the idea sure. here you, you also you need to get in the tub when you're done because standard <laughs> operating procedures you tie you tie a napkin around your elbow uh-huh. because that grease is going to travel all the way down here <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing. I, I eat them by, you know, the half dozen. So they're out nice. by the airport. Yeah. Out, by, out the by the airport. And it's and it's mac and cheese, the just the, the, the uh what is that, the dust? What do they call that? The, yeah, yeah, just the powder. 
Just the, the cheese powder. Yeah. The cheese powder. Yep. And what happens there is it gets velvety because it's 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 talking to the grease. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on. Uh, and, and you know, if your mom's there, you put you put lettuce in it or something. But pretty hey, much, hey, you know. Hey, anybody listening to this right now, the way that Jared just described that taco is the way he writes. It's very creative. It's very fun. I love your style. I, it's, it, you'll laugh out loud. You'll mm. you'll learn something new. Uh, mm-hmm. Velvety. It's velvety because it. What did mm. you say? It mixes with the grease. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a whole dance in there. It's it's a whole ecosystem. There you go. It's got its own disco ball. It's like it's, an eco- it's awesome. <laughs> it's just good. It's, hey, it's been a joy. Thank you guys for for hey, having that's me. A, and that is the first. I'd like to acknowledge all of our firsts, but that is a first where somebody has uh, had a taco story that included craft macaroni oh and cheese God, packer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I'm, and I'm in. I'm all in on that. I think there I'm should all... be some type of prize for, for that, for the first mention. Because uh, I'm going to go try that. I'm actually going to yes. try that. I'm going to try and make that happen. Yes. That's it's awesome. so, so good. Hey, Jared. Yeah, my first thought, my first thought when I was coming on the podcast was I, I was going to be just making street tacos while we talked. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have been in on that too. Uh, <laughs> uh, We—that's the story. The first podcast we ever did, I tried to eat a taco while we interviewed, and I, I never want to edit that again. So, <laughs> but uh, that, yeah. that that was out the window quick. Uh, hey, how do people find you? How do they find the book? Uh, how do they keep up with you? Yeah, that's great. Um, so I'm on Instagram, uh, just added TikTok. Okay, wow. Nice. Whole new world over there. And uh, Facebook at Jared Scholes um, on all those. And then jaredscholes.com has kind of got a landing page there. And then the book, uh, it'll be out November 14th. And that's on Amazon. Yeah, there's a picture of it. Amazon and Kindle and you know Goodreads and all that sort of stuff. I know they're doing a giveaway on Goodreads, so if you're a Goodreads person, uh, they're doing giveaways over there, so you can get the book cheap or faster. There's some incentive I don't understand, but uh, yeah, all the all those platforms. Love it, love it, Jared. Thank you, thanks for being on today, and yeah. and we, uh, man, I love I love your heart, bro. I love mm-hmm. what you carry uh, for the church. It's I think it's the same. Mm-hmm. the same dna as the church that jesus is building and uh and i love that about you so keep it up keep it up brother thank you so much yeah awesome. thank you guys you, man. yeah hey guys so glad you joined us on rethinking god with tacos you can find me jason clark online at afamilystory.org where i encourage you to sign up on our mailing list We send out an email twice a month letting you know about new podcasts, articles, and new books or products that we have coming out. Plus, occasionally I'll keep you up on my schedule where I'm traveling. My Twitter handle is at JasonClarkIs. I'm on Instagram under the same handle, and you can find me on Facebook as well. Yeah, and my name is Derek Turner. Jason and I love that you're listening to us. Thank you for all your feedback. Please write in, let us know what's going on in your life. But uh, we are pursuing a mission to help people rethink God. And we thank you for being a part of it. Uh, You can find me at Pastor Derek T on all the socials. And then, of course, I pastor a church here in Charlotte, North Carolina called River Church, rivercharlotte.com. Come and join us. We'd love to have you. 
Hey, all of these podcasts are available on all the platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google. Yeah. Hey, make sure and like, share, and throw a review out there. Let people know. We love good reviews on the podcast. It helps people find us. That's right. So if this isn't a podcast that you enjoy, (laughs) then please promote it, share it, give it a good five-star rating. I like that. That's a good idea. Hey, love doing this journey with you. Praying grace and wonder 